Hi, I'm Cassie, owner of Beyond the Beard New York City and founder of nonprofit Her Chair His Hair. I was asked how many ways Schedulicity has changed and helped my business and my nonprofit over the years, and I cannot even begin to list all of them. But what I will say is that the love, the support, the community that Schedulicity and their team offers is the cherry on top of this already amazing booking and scheduling platform that they have created for our industry. I cannot even imagine where my business would be right now if I had not switched over to Schedulicity almost two and a half years ago. I look forward to the future and to whatever else they may build or add to their platform because so far it has helped me beyond words. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everyone. My name is Jerry Natuno, CEO and founder of Schedulicity, and we're proud to bring you this amazing podcast. Welcome to your day off. My name is Corey. Of course, I sit with my boy Tony. What's up, bro? What up, man? How you doing, man? I'm doing amazing, actually, today. So uh, it's beautiful outside. It is that. beautiful outside. It's a nice, cool sweater fall day. So, uh, so that's very nice. And, you're, and always like when you wake up, it gives you that spark, right? And you're like, hey, I'm ready to roll today. You know, yeah, that nice crisp air, yeah, clean. No Highs about 70 degrees. No, no doubt. No humidity. So. It happened quick, though, because like two weeks ago, we were like, and it's 95 degrees and humid. Yeah, it's like overnight. <laughs> Boom. Welcome to the mid-Atlantic fall, right? Right. And, and, and again, nice being here with you. Nice being here with you, sir. So uh, yesterday we did some cool, cool stuff. Um, you know, uh, this is kind of, I don't know where, they, where this podcast is going to land, but, you know, looking real soon from today, at least when we record this, um, we, we did a really cool video that we think is going to bring some value to the industry. Yeah, you know, and that's the goal. The goal for this is for everybody to share it, especially share it with your clients. Yeah, that's it. So we um, yesterday we shot a video, and what the video is is going to talk about the uh, the relationship between hairdressers and their clients. It's like in this whole COVID thing, I kind of feel like like as far as like the messaging from the entire industry that that hasn't been there, right? It's been like the relationship between product companies and hairdressers. But in a and weird hairdressers way, and hairdressers and hairdressers and hairdressers, but in a weird way, we kind of forgot about the client. So, you know, we wanted to produce this video and we um, were telling the relationship between um, between the client and the hairdresser. Um, yeah, and that message too is to allow to let the client know that hey, you know what I mean? It's okay. It's okay. It's okay to come see us. Yep. And 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 most of the industry is playing by the rules, and most of the industry is, is using proper PPE. So you know we're kind of showing that too. So I hope I hope you guys like the like the video because we're we're super excited to be sharing with the industry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing the final product. Yeah, I can't wait. So we're waiting on we're waiting on the final edits. But but today today we got a good one. Today we have a good one. Um. So today we have Miss Sarah Mack, and Sarah uh, works with um, Lonza Healing Hair. 
and she's also a, a one of the artists with Ergo. And she actually introduced us to Robert Reed, the owner of, of Ergo. So we're, we're grateful for that as well. I'll tell you what, I love the tools at Ergo. Dude, can we talk? Yeah. I, I mean, it, I, I'm a huge fan. Yeah, yeah. Those, those, those brushes are, are second to none. Yeah, you know, I'm getting used to the hot razor. I'm, I'm t- you know, playing with. Oh, we're going to talk about that. I think we're going to we're going to let you and Sarah bang that out a little <laughs> bit about the hot razor because that thing is pretty cool. I can't wait to hear about it, but we'll get there. Yeah, cool. Um, so yeah, so a little bit of backstory. Um, we met Sarah once again at the uh, at the at the salon summit, right? The uh, salon digital modern summit. salon digital summit, and it was a really cool thing. And this is my perspective. So either jump on or tell me I'm crap. <laughs> but um, but like we after after the salon after the salon digital summit, we actually had lunch with a bunch of people from the industry, and Sarah Sarah was at that table as well. And I think Olivia Smalley arranged that. And here's why it was very interesting to me because that was one of our first events, one of our first live events. And prior to that, you know, you think that all these brands are like are brand loyal and they're, they're with their brand and their brand, you know, it's like, it's almost like football, right? It's almost like a football yeah, team. football team over here, the basketball team exactly. over there. So we sat at Nobody the, messes with the wrestling team. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, so it was interesting because while we were sitting at that table, all these different brands were being represented. There's probably like, I don't know, 15 or 20 people at that table and everybody was almost representing a different, well, I mean, we were, we were representing our brand, uh-huh. but you know, everybody <laughs> was representing like different brands. And at that moment I realized like, like, like what we were onto was cool in this idea of bringing everybody together because we're hairdressers, not because we're brand affiliated. And that, and sitting at that table, it was kind of like, okay, we're onto something here. Right. A hundred percent brother. You know what I mean? It's, it's sort of like, you know what I mean? Everybody's from a different state, but we all are, you know what I mean? Kind of like from, you know, say, say America or, right. you know what I mean? You're, you're from different provinces, but yet you're from, you know, the big picture, you know, whatever country or whatever, you know what I mean? And the big picture for us is hairdressers, right? right. So uh, it, it was a, it was really, really cool. And that's kind of like from the very beginning that something you and I uh, really wanted to focus on. You know what I mean? Remove all the other stuff and really focus on the hairdresser, the hairdresser, and the and the people, yeah. people, the, the people, people of the industry, people right? of the that's industry. Cool. All right, I think they're done talking about it. Yeah, I'm tired of it. Yeah, I'm tired of listening to you, man. So let's go ahead and bring her in. So Miss Sarah Mack from, once again, Ergo and Lonza Healing Hair, welcome to your day off. Oh, thank you. Thank you guys so much for having me. Uh, yeah, that, <clears throat> talking about that, it, I totally remember that. I totally remember the first time I met you guys. I actually got invited down to that digital summit by my friend, Chris Smith, who was with Lonza. Um, and that's actually the reason I went to Lonza, um, because it was one of the first brands that I met people when I was actually with a different um, manufacturer and company. I met people from Lonza that were just like cool with me being like me. It didn't matter which brand I was with. I was just someone that was a cool person that was cool with someone else, you know, like we just meshed and. Um, it was actually my buddy, Mark Dolan, and I was with a different brand for a while. And Mark and I always like were friends and my friend Michael from Lonza as well. And they always supported me. And I always kind of like thought that was weird when I was first in the education side of my career. Um, Cause that's not how I felt at the, at the beginning. You did kind of, sometimes it depends on the brand, stay in these like little pods, right? Like you're almost 
yeah, like your team, you know, you didn't branch out much. So that is why I actually went to Lonza because when it was time to move on, um, my buddy Mark, I, I actually had taken a break from education. I was kind of burnt on it um, and being an educator and my buddy Mark called me up and he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm headed to Legoland with the kids. And he's like, I don't give a shit what you're doing with your kids. What are you doing with your career? And what, like, why That's haven't you funny. come to Lonza yet? So yeah, I made, I, that was on a Friday and I couldn't stop, stop thinking about it. I, I was actually talking to a couple different brands at that time. And I was like, I need another month off. And I literally couldn't stop thinking about it. I had met um, David, actually, the CEO of Lanza by that point as well. And I know you've met tons of people in Lanza. I know you've had Matt on the podcast twice and like Leah. And like, I know you guys get it. It's a vibe. Like it's a, it's a full like feeling that you get when you're with them and I just love that it was inclusive and they didn't care as long as you were cool they were cool and yeah I made the call by Monday because I couldn't stop thinking about it my contract was done by Thursday so <laughs> that was yeah and I've never looked back I mean I feel like home there so it was a really cool it's, transition it's, the team that Lonza's put together is definitely cool you know they're they're, they're just like like Matt's cool is cool and Leah's cool is cool and, and Sarah's cool is cool. You know, it, it's kind of, it, it, it's crazy the team that they put together and Amon. I mean, we haven't, we haven't actually met Amon. We've talked a little bit and we're trying to get him on the podcast. Amon, if you're listening, let's get, let's get this booked, you know, but, um, yeah, you know, they're just, they're just, it's, it's just a cool vibe and a cool team, but yeah, drama free. Everybody's yeah. just chill, laid yeah. back and just, you know what I mean? Just, doing hair slaying hair if i'm not mistaken i'm yeah. pretty sure sarah coined the uh coined the term sweeney <laughs> sweeney yeah sweeney uh, yeah it was either me or kelly mason but yeah like you get sweeney like you just like yeah yeah like i've definitely been sweeney where i'm just like freaking out and he just comes with his like mm, right, and right. just like puts you at total like ease and yeah he sweeney's you <laughs> so so where did i mean we're gonna kind of go backwards a little bit but where did you grow up where, where, mm -hmm. where are you from yeah so i grew up in this um town called santa clarita which like if you watch netflix and there was actually a show on santa clarita now santa clarita diet with drew barrymore i didn't watch it because i can't like do bloody gruesome um, but it was like some, I think she was a zombie, right? Or something like that. But it's 30 know. miles north of LA. Yeah, it's okay. 30 miles north of LA. It's the suburb um, in LA. And yeah, I mean, I basically was born and raised here. And uh, I, you know, played sports. I was a major athlete growing up. Um, and then I actually right, went sport? to you community college. It. You can't say I played sports and skip it. <laughs> she said major athlete. So, right. Yeah, so I grew up playing softball, uh, and I was a national champion when I was 10. We actually went 38-0 that season and won the nationals in Kansas City. So national champion softball player right here. Nice. <laughs> and then um, awesome. in high school, yeah. 
in high school, I did um, volleyball. And then from volleyball season, I went to basketball. And then from basketball season, I went to softball my freshman year. But then I finally quit because I was just over the politics of it. And so I switched to swimming because I never wanted to do preseason or postseason of any sport because that's like the boring part of any any season because you don't get to play any games. So I just would go from season to season. They call that cross um, so I did all so you're good. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> oh, thanks. And yeah, so then I went to City College and I actually played basketball at City College. So I went from being a point guard in high school because I was only 5'4 in my senior year of high school and my freshman year of college, I shot up um, four inches. So I actually became a shooting guard and a forward at City College. Um, and then many people don't probably know this about me, but um, I actually knew I wanted to be a hairdresser when I was in high school, but my parents, you know, I understand now as a parent that you want more for your children. They didn't have the opportunity to go to college. And so they really wanted that for me. Uh, so yeah, my dad wanted me to be a doctor, the classic story. I wanted to be a hairdresser, but um, that wasn't happening unless I was going to pay for it myself. And my 18 year old self was not prepared to do that. <laughs> so um, the deal was that if I got my bachelor's degree and still wanted to go to beauty school after, then I could and they would support me. So yeah, so I went to City College and then I transferred to UC Santa Barbara and I got my bachelor's in biology. And my first quarter there actually, it was the first time I had never played a sport in my life. And it I was so that was like probably like I was majorly depressed. I didn't know how to function because I wasn't on a schedule anymore. And I got like two D's and like a C and I had never gotten below B in my life. So I like was like, oh my gosh. So I actually picked up playing lacrosse, which was really cool, like the very next quarter. And I got a job at In and Out. So I went from, you know, just going to school getting terrible grades to going to school, playing a sport and having a job. And I like thrive. So that it's weird how that student. works, but <laughs> not, funny. I wouldn't Too say straight time. A's, but C's <laughs> get degrees. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, man. That's funny. So, so listen, we're in, we live in the state of Maryland, right? And lacrosse mm -hmm. is huge here. It's probably like the second largest yeah. sport in the area. Has, has lacrosse like, has it grabbed on on the West Coast? Yeah, so it's getting bigger. Like, we, they now offer it in the high schools. But before that, like, I had never even, like, seen a lacrosse match. How it actually, I fell into it was, it was a club sport, but it was super competitive. Again, we went to nationals for lacrosse as well. And so we went to Denver, Blaine, Minnesota one year, like, for nationals. It was cool. It was competitive, but yeah, it's totally picked up. It's in the high schools now and they have a league for little kids. I see it around town now. So it's definitely is bigger in the Bay area, which is Northern California, which I'm sure you've heard like Northern California is like a different state than Southern right. California. So Southern is really starting to pick up. Like all of my teammates were from the Bay area. And then there's me. <laughs> how did you, so, so how did, I mean, on, I want to talk about that. So how did you adapt? To, I mean, you know, this is, this is a pretty competitive sport yeah. and here you are 18, 19 yeah. years old before you ever picked up a, uh, you know, picked up the sport. How'd you adapt? Yeah. So I think it's, a, for me, it's a lot like basketball, but the running was like soccer, which I've never played. Um, so 
luckily for me, like I had grown up playing sports and I will say, I understand that not everyone is coordinated, but I think playing softball, it really developed my hand eye coordination in that way. So it's really, it was just getting down the motion, the different motion of the stick, but in, in a way it was similar to softball, you know, catching and throwing and then a little bit of basketball with the way you run plays and then, you know, long distance running, which I actually am better at because I'm not a quick sprinter. <laughs> so I don't know. It all came together for me, luckily, with all the, like you said, I cross-trained in high school, basically. So like said, but, you know, people like that who are just naturally so athletic, it, you know what I mean? They, they can probably adapt to different things a little easier in the most. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially like yeah. she said, she cross-trained. So, you know, it's like she, she had all these skills that <laughs> kind of, she just picked the skills that she needed to, 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 to move forward. I mean, I think there's a life lesson in that, yeah. isn't there? Yeah, actually, yeah. I right. mean, we do that in hairdressing, right? Like you have a bunch of different mentors that you, you take a little something from each mentor when you're behind the chair. So it's really you know like, I mean, everything crosses over. You know, what's interesting about that is I remember being in hair school and being frustrated that, that I was learning different techniques. Like, oh, no, she told me to do it this way. No, 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 he told me to do it this way, you know, and that was frustrating. But now, like, you kind of get it, you know, you kind of get that you're yeah. looking for your own, you're looking for your own groove. So you just take, you just, I guess you're just too young to understand that you're just taking what you need and not necessarily mimicking somebody's technique. Well, I guess you are. Yeah. But, you know, you're just guess, taking a yeah. And you know how I'm passionate about um, growing the industry and raising the whole outlook on our industry. We've talked about this before. And I think the first time you met me, you were like, <laughs> I think you're Daniel Mason Jones's twin um, because we're, <laughs> I am like so passionate <laughs> about, because I, I look back and that's what we're supposed to do, right? Like we're supposed to, as we start to master our techniques or our industry or our business side, we're supposed to turn around and lend a hand to those that are coming into it. And that is how we lift the industry as a whole instead of making it this competitive thing. So I know we've talked about that a lot. And I think the reason that I, when I go and teach a class, like I always state, like you're not gonna like everything I do, but if you take one thing from what I'm sharing with you today that you can put in your tool belt for me. Like I always say, it's about collecting different tools to put in your tool belt and then knowing when you need to apply that tool, whatever you're doing behind the chair on a photo shoot um, on stage, wherever that is, it's about collecting those different tools. I wish someone would have told me that when I was younger, instead of saying like, this is the way you do it. This is the only way you do it. Because I, I was told that a couple of times. And then it is kind of frustrating because everything evolves and moves on. Like you, you don't stay with the same mentor forever. Um, those were some hard lessons I learned, you know, like relationships don't stay the same forever. They're always evolving and changing and you're getting new mentors and new friends and yeah, it's always changing. So you just have to learn what you want to take from that, not take from that person, but learn from that person and then make it your own and yeah, put another tool in the tool belt. Yeah, that's exactly what Corey was saying, you know, so, you know, just take pieces of what you're learning and then over time mm -hmm. you know all those pieces add up to you yep that's it yeah you know and then 
I tell you something as you brought up mentors, and I think that, and, and I want to talk about this because it's actually been on my heart for a while, and 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 it's mm-hmm. only been on my heart because I'm a thousand percent guilty of it, and that's that a lot of times when we move away from our mentors, that now we we have to make some kind of friction there, right? Instead of just appreciating, the yeah, that we were with them, we have to create friction. And and as I've gotten older, the one thing that I that that I'm starting to realize is that, you know, all relationships have a time limit. You know, but that doesn't mm-hmm. mean it has to be bad. It is what it is. Yeah. When it's time to move on. It's time to move on. And 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 that you need to respect that in yourself. That 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 you're moving on. That we're moving on. And it doesn't have to be like, oh, she said this, or, or I didn't like the way she did that. You know, it's just time to move on. You know, and and yeah. and take and take the good, and, and and the rest of it is the rest of it. Yeah, and I think it's about how you approach the end of the relationship. Um, and make sure that you're, you know, letting the person know that you appreciate everything that they've done for you. Now, sometimes it doesn't matter. Um, you know, sometimes they're just mad. But well, most, like, great mentors will be happy for you. And that's, it's kind of like the job of a parent, too, right? You're, you don't want your kid to be dependent on you forever. You're setting them up to go live their own life. Um, so you should be proud in the things that you instilled in them to like help them grow. Well, I'll tell you something, and this just happened literally a couple months ago is that, um, I had a bad relationship or a bad ending, not a bad relationship, but a bad ending with, with the salon that I was at, you know, previous to the suite that I'm in now. And, and literally within the last couple of months, I reached out to that owner the first time that we've talked in years and years and years. And I just kind of thanked her for being that mentor to yeah. me. And, and, and it wasn't mm-hmm. so much it wasn't so much that I was expecting anything in return, but I knew that I had to close that book or that, that, that door. Yes. I had to close that door so I could, so I could move forward. And, and, and it ended up being yes. a, a fine conversation, very, very quick, very, very short, but, but there was no like, you know, heartache or anything with that, but you know, time had passed mm-hmm. too. So I think that's important, but, but I think it's important to close those yeah. doors so we can open new ones. Yeah. About closing yeah. doors. Were your dad able to close the door that he didn't become the doctor? <laughs> Dr. Mac. Because obviously he's excited because you're in college. <laughs> yeah, right, so no I'll tell you a I'll tell you a quick funny story about that. So um, clearly, so I'm a people pleaser. I'm learning that now as I'm going through a lot of personal development that I started when I was 33. Um, I'm now 37, so I've been working on myself for a couple of years now. I mean, I constantly was always working on on myself, but like now I'm consciously working on myself. So there is a difference. But I can remember, so I'm a people pleaser. So I always wanted to please my dad and I was a good student. Um, and so I'll never forget when I was junior, between my junior and senior year of college, I had to sign up for the MCAT class, which is your prepper, your prep test. You have to have it kind of like the SATs to get in college. You have to have your MCAT test to get into med school. And so he signed me up for a summer course, which I think at the time it was like, I'm going to say like twelve to $1,800. And then the test was like another $800. So probably he spent like a couple grand, you know, on this prep course. And I'm going along and I'm doing the prep course and I'm like doing pretty well on these practice exams. And I'm just like, Man, if I, I can't intentionally like bomb something like I could never like tank a test on purpose or like, 
anything like lose a game on purpose like i am not that person so if you want me to let you win i am not the competitor for you <laughs> i'm way too competitive so i knew that if i went into that test and i did well he was going to convince me or like renege on my cosmo pro program and just have me apply to med school to see what happens i just like i know my dad so I, the day of the test, just no-showed it. That was the only way. Like, so if I don't have an MCAT score, I can't apply to med school. So I no-showed the test. And thank God, I was a couple hundred miles away because I swear that was probably the first time I really, really disappointed my dad. Um, like, really. And, like, I thought if he could fly through that phone and strangle me, <laughs> He might have. You guys but, really close. Yeah, did he, he was, coach you at all in your sports or did he, would you guys? Um, we were, yeah, we're really close. We're still really close. I live with my parents, so you probably don't know any of that either, but we actually brought a prop, like I have a husband, I have kids and I'm really close with my parents. Um, so they're, they're so happy for me now and they see that I followed my dream, but yeah, we are always really close. Like I was a daddy's girl, um, growing up. So yeah, he was sad, but time healed yeah. him. <laughs> right, time healed him. Oh my gosh, I can't. When you when, okay, now take me back. I want to take you back to the feeling. So like when you uh, when you tanked that thing and you knew that the test was going on and you weren't there, what was going through your heart? Oh my gosh, it was probably it was like beating out of my chest. I can remember. I can remember the apartment I was in. Um, and everything and I'm just I think I just sat I had a I had a dog I've always had a dog I've never lived without a dog actually and I probably took him on walks sat in my apartment and I just like waited till the end of the test time and then I called him and yeah like really defied yeah 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 yeah, oh, yeah. it was probably like the first time yeah I really like it probably wasn't the first time I disappointed him. I mean, <laughs> let's be real, but <laughs> I think it was, <laughs> yeah, I think that's the difference, that right? Call? Yeah, yeah. It was the first time I definitely like purposely defy, like not defy him, but yeah, I mean, I did. So, and he spent all that money, but such is life. <laughs> the end of the day, you know what I mean? You did what you, you thought that's going to be best for your life. And not necessarily mm -hmm. his life, even though that can be uh, really, really hard. I hope you married yeah. a doctor. I did not marry a doctor. But I married an awesome guy. He works for a city, so very yeah, secure yeah. job. So, so you missed the test, and then okay. Uh, I mean, what what was next yeah. after that? I mean, how did you? I mean, I graduated college and then I moved back home and went right in. I graduated in June and then I went to beauty school. I couldn't get in the August program, so I started September. Mm -hmm. so did y'all have that conversation? Graduated? That here's my here's my degree, but I'm heading over here. No, I mean they knew. Like I made it so clear, like that was my intention. So. I'm so thankful that I was strong enough at a young age to like stick to my guns kind of because like you said, you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard to do what you want to do for yourself when especially like being a people pleaser, it's uncomfortable. But 
in the long run, like I don't have to resent them for anything. I'm so grateful. I was mad for a little while, but like now so, looking so back, you. like, oh man, I'm so, <laughs> yeah. But I'm so glad I have my bachelor's degree, you know, like that no one can yeah. take that away from me. I'm, I learned great lessons there. I made some best of friends there that I still have, so. Hey, Sarah, I want to kind of like, uh, I, you, keep, you keep going back to like being a people pleaser and you, and you kind of have a negative tone about that. Like, like, mm -hmm. like, I want to explore that a little bit. Like, like, mm -hmm. is it a negative or, or is it just something to control or, or, you know? Cause it, yeah. So, yeah. So it's not a negative in the sense it's a negative. If, if you're pleasing, if you're trying to please other people just so that they like you. Um, so it was a hard lesson for me to learn, uh, that not everyone is going to like you. Uh, and, Again, I have been working on that for a while now. And what that leads to, in my opinion, is if you're always working on pleasing other people instead of, you know, following what you truly want to do, it kind of leads to fear, which holds us back in a lot of the things that we actually want to accomplish. Because, I mean, think of social media, especially like, half the reason why we don't post something is because we're afraid of like someone's not going to like it. And I think that all goes back to, yeah, a little bit of that. Like we want everyone to like us, like people pleasers typically want, they don't want to piss off anybody. They want to be everybody's friend. And so I have learned, I am not everyone's cup of tea. Uh, um, and I am okay with that now, um, especially 2020, man, I've grown a lot this year. That's cool. So, um, are, are you like, uh, are, are you like, are you, are you seeking therapy? Do you have therapy that, that, that you're kind of working on this or just, or are you reading a lot or, or, you know, what's your, what's your, what's your, um, so my, yeah. So do you know? Do you know how this journey started for me actually was when I left the first manufacturer and I went to a new company, I actually became uh, an artistic director. Did you know this for a company, um, for a tool company actually? And I knew about two months in that I, it was not the place for me. Um, it was a really bad culture. Um, hence why I'm not going to stay where I was because I, I just don't want to do that. Uh, just bad culture. And I had signed a year contract. And um, but so I call that the worst professional year for me. And this is actually why I took a break after this. I was just like, oh, man, this is just not for me. Um, but it was the best personal growth for me. And I actually do you know Andrew Carruthers. Of course you do. Sure we do, yeah. Sam artistic, yeah. So I, I just have always looked up to Andrew, and at the time he had done a Facebook Live with um, his coach, basically his life coach, and I watched this, and she had recommended this book, um, which, to be honest, I can't even remember what the book is called right now, but it was kind of like the first, like. And it wasn't even a self-help book. It was more about intuition and trusting yourself and just like listening more to yourself. And I read it and that just like sent me on this like 
right? It was the worst, like I hated work. So I just dove so far into reading and deep diving, which I um, grew up, you know, believing that I was not a good reader. That's like one of my stories, like my, or paradigms, as I call it now, like one of my negative stories that I've totally changed. So I got into Audible. Um, and that's really what started me on to reading personal development books. But now I love to read books anyways. I'm a great reader. That's my positive affirmation on that. <laughs> Flip that one around. Um, but yeah, so I've just been like working on that. And today, actually, I start a 13 week program. And again, I think this all like comes back to I feel like I have a bigger purpose in this world. I love being a hairdresser, but when I really deduce it down to like my core and my soul, I love being a hairdresser because I love helping other people. And now that I have those skills, I want to go back and help the hairdresser. And so what I've learned is why our industry is sometimes viewed the way it is and why I really dove into why are we taken advantage of as hairdressers? And it burns me. I get so pissed off. Like, why is my client showing up late to this appointment? Or why are they trying to haggle me on the price? Or whatever it is that we are like constantly being taken advantage of. And this has happened to me too. And I'm an amazing hairdresser. And I know this happens in our industry or do you know, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah, do, you, yeah. do you guys We're see wrong. it at all? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it, this all goes back to me wanting to help the hairdresser and why I really like dug deep into like why this is happening. And it all comes down to, in my humble opinion, our self worth and what we, how we view ourselves as a person. So we can't raise the whole industry until everyone looks inside themselves first and appreciates themselves first and knows that they are worth it and they have value and it's not right for people to take advantage of us. And so it really starts with the hairdresser Um, and each individual hairdresser, they have to raise their self-worth and that's what it comes down to it has nothing to do with cutting techniques has nothing to do with color techniques it's like one of the biggest issues our industry has and very very few people are talking about it um, in my opinion Um, so that is where I am headed I am headed into a 13-week coaching program it's actually designed by Bob Proctor who is a huge like life coach, I I guess you would call it. Um, I mean, he's trained people like Tony Robbins and stuff like that. So the program is by Proctor Gallagher. And I have hired a coach um, who uh, is, is not in the hair industry, but is funny because he has a lot of ties to the hair industry. And I met, I actually met him through his sister who I work with at Lonza. So Oh, I head into that today. Yeah. Well, you, you're glowing. Like, you can't wait to do it because you look yeah. very, very excited. That's I can't yes. wait to hear about I it. I am right? very excited. Yeah. So my hope is, is that I go 
through this program and I learn a lot and then I turn around and I want to develop something to then take to the hairdresser. Um, yeah, and that I'll, is my I'll, hope. And, and once you develop that, come on here and let's talk about yeah, it. Yeah, let's definitely talk about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And there are some people like already doing amazing work. Like I know, you know, Kelly Mason. Um, and I, I love everything Kelly Mason's doing. Um, and that's who I really know that's really like doing work. I picture my, I'm a little, I'm a lot different than Kelly um, in some way. So there's a, it's a little bit different avenue I want to go down. But that's what I love is that if we could, and there's room for so many people to do this. Like, and I think that was one block that I had to get through is that like, you know, oh, Kelly's doing it. Um, and I can't even think of, oh, Jamie Sia, right? Is that how you say her name? I see her like doing stuff like this. And I, and I love it. And the old me was like so afraid, I think, that there's not enough room. But like truly people that want to help other people, there's room for all of us. And we need more light. I know how cheesy that sounds. But we need more love and light and more people that have been through a lot to turn around and reach a hand out and help others so that we can, again, raise this whole industry um, together. Well, listen, there's a lot of people in this industry. And, 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 and even if, if Kelly Mason is at full capacity, there's still a lot of people in this industry, right? Like, like yeah. there's, always, yeah. there's always a lot. And, and, you know, like you were saying before, um, is that not everybody is for everybody. You know, maybe maybe yeah. your light is is brighter for somebody else than Kelly's light is for them. You know, yeah, so, yeah hey, exactly. I'm, I'm gonna take us back to the beginning of the podcast and, and and say that a little known fact is the first time we talked to uh to Matt Sweeney, Kelly was actually sitting at the table with us. So Kelly was sitting there next to Matt, and and and, and she was all aglow too. So that's a that, that, that she got Sweeney. We we saw that firsthand. Yeah. So um, here's a story from the past. Tell uh. You guys called me when you were in Atlanta and uh, you and Kelly like oh met gosh, the largest yes. human being on earth. Want to talk about that? Yes. So I actually, <clears throat> so I grew up an athlete, like I said. And so I, oh my gosh, this was so freaking awesome. First of all, Kelly's podcast was like the first podcast I was on. It was like her only her seventh episode. And we had called you for like a ton of help. But we had gone out to dinner. We were in Atlanta. It was 1111. And um, we go to this restaurant. I can't even think of Earth or Earth Cafe or something like that. But we're sitting there and this giant, giant man walks in. And I am just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God there's Shaq. Oh my God, Shaq is here. And so I didn't say anything, but this is in my mind. And Kelly's like, what are you staring at? I'm like, she's like, did you see how big that guy is? I'm like, Kelly, that's Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> she's like, oh, no wonder everyone's staring at him. Yeah. So like, I didn't want to like bother him or anything. So he ate, we were eating and then he started to leave. And I was like, I mean, I grew up playing basketball. I was like, I cannot not, and I've never done this. I've seen famous people before. I actually worked at an In-N-Out on Sunset. So like I saw a ton of people come through there, Angelina Jolie and um, Kate Bosworth and Orlando Bloom when they were together. Never have I ever wanted to take a picture with a famous person 
but I could not. I mean, I grew up watching Shaq when he was on the magic and it was just, yeah, larger than life for sure. And so at first, and he was so nice. He was so nice. So I run out. I'm like, Kelly, I have to go take a picture with him. She stays at the table. I run out to the parking lot and I'm like, Shaq, can I please have a picture? And he was so nice. And so we took a, at first I took a selfie and it was okay, but you got no perspective of like how massive this man is. And so, excuse me, I asked this guy in the parking lot to take a picture of us and it was epic. I mean, oh, I I loved it. That was great. I can just see you taking a selfie and it's just you and then some chest. Yeah. He he called me a sexy Ellen DeGeneres. I was laughing. <laughs> well, that used to be a compliment. I don't know if that's still a compliment. Yeah, she did a lot of trouble. Yeah. Or a lot of heat. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, she is. But... So did Kelly have any idea yeah, who it was? Or she just, she no idea? No, I mean, once I said it, she's like, oh, yeah, Shaq. But, like, it wasn't like, you know, I was just, like, awestruck. I was just so pumped. So... Yeah, she was just like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. I remember we were in Bethesda, and we were walking. I just got off work, and I was walking up to the garage. And I don't know if you know who Jawan Howard is, um, but he. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he was walking down the block, and I remember walking next to him, literally, like, you know, a couple inches away from him as we were passing. And I, literally, I think my top of my head was at his sternum. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, he's a big this dude. guy is so big. Shaq is even bigger. I can't. Yeah, he's only like six nine. I think Shaq's what seven one or something, right? Seven three. Yeah. Seven one seven wide. He's seven one yeah. uh, wide, wide. Yeah, seven, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. That's a great story. Yeah, man. he's a big guy. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. It, yeah. it was nice that he was. Uh, he was super nice and friendly to you. Yeah. He does seem yeah. like that yeah. Much. He he seems like one that he doesn't mind being on all the time. Yeah, yeah, and that is hard. Like, you know, being a not that it compares like really at all, but like kind of like being an educator. Like, <clears throat> you when you're at a show. I mean, I know you guys can relate. It is like it's a lot. Like you have to like when I come home from a show, my husband knows I'm worthless for like two days because you're constantly like talking to people and like that's part of it so i can't even imagine being like on that large of a scale and then you know having to be nice all the time <laughs> you know though there, there's there's uh i did some research about this because when, when we, after we started doing our shows i would come home and i'd be spent for two or three days but but there's actually a chemical mm-hmm. there right so when your endorphins mm-hmm. are up for so much you know and you're not sleeping your diet's crap mm-hmm. you're not getting enough water you know all that stuff plays into it but you know your endorphins are flying in your head for that for that sprint right like those, those long weekends yeah. of sprints and then when you're done just like a sprint you need like that recovery time and 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 mm-hmm. um you know it's there's no way you can't muster up that energy once once you've kind of like let it go you know so yeah. um so it's an actual mm-hmm. chemical it's a chemical kind of like rebalance i i learned about it my nephew is a navy seal and he was oh, awesome he was explaining to me that that during hell week you know during during the week in 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 in, in seal training that everyone talks about Football, like yeah. your, your your endorphins are so so high and 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 they're just you're they're in survival mode but then the very next week, they're not allowed to do anything. 
They're not allowed to run. Now, these mm-hmm. are like type A personalities, you know, but they're not allowed to run. They're not allowed to do anything. And like they get in trouble if they raise their heart rate, but it's because they need to like the body needs to um, recover those. Exactly. Re- recover and recreate those, those chemicals that are missing. So I just thought that, that was interesting. That's that, pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Right. So yeah. like that's the, but yeah. he also said, get this, get this. He said that was the hardest week of, of, of blood training was the week after hell week. That we're after. not doing anything. And the guys are fighting. He said that he said that almost everybody got into like a shoving match or into like a verbal argument in that week after. And it's because those chemicals are, are your spent. You know? Yeah. It's kind of crazy. You know? But anyway. I mean, I think that's too. why like Yeah. I think that's why too. I mean, I think that's tough for hairdressers too for us to sit still. Um, because we are used to standing so much that probably at I mean, at the beginning of COVID, not that we really want to talk about it anymore. It's like so played out, but, <laughs> um, you know, went a little bit stir crazy, right? Because we're so used to like taking care of others and servicing others that all of a sudden we are, you know, left like, what are we supposed to do right now? Um, but I don't know. I, in a weird way, I've enjoyed a lot of uh, a lot of parts of this like kind of time to really like self-evaluate. I know it's hard for a lot of people and that's because we did have the time to self-evaluate, which some people don't want to look inside. But I think it's been kind of a good awakening for a lot of people. And so I hope, yeah, that's my hope is that we start to shift and see what we need to work on because we all need to work on something. Uh, and keep growing and did you did you focus on something so um yeah so like at first like the first thing I did was actually I took a training um so we haven't really talked about it yet but um in I joined Ergo um Ergo Styling Tools in so I talked to Robert in February and I, and I said, well, respectfully, I need to talk to David, which is the CEO of Lonza. And I want to make sure that he is okay with me coming on board to Ergo. Um, and so we had our big event in February, which was phenomenal. It was literally like, oh my gosh, one of the best weekends of my life. And so I talked to David when we came back. And so by the time I got back to Robert, that was like late February, early March, you know, and so I was supposed to start traveling for Ergo. And um, yeah, I mean, obviously COVID hit. We shut down, California shut down March 19th. So I had just come on to Ergo, but there was nothing that I could really do. And so Chris Barron and Chris Moody, um, actually hosted a training that I had to pay to attend, but it was so cool. Cause Robert, I told Robert, who is the CEO, obviously of Ergo styling tools that I was interested in this training, which, um, they were teaching us how to train hairdressers specifically through zoom. Um, because there is a skill set there. It's, I mean, it's a new tool that I don't think it's going to be the way forever. Obviously in person with hairdressers is always going to be a hundred percent better, but in my opinion, it was a skill that I really wanted to develop um, and have again, just another tool in my tool belt. And so I told Robert, I was interested in this training. And so he split the cost with me and I took this training. It was 10 hours long over two days and it was, it was, 
was amazing. And I was, I, to be honest, me and Daniel Mason Jones and um, maybe one other person were the only non-Redkin people there. But I, I don't know, I was proud of myself that instead of like continuing to go down this rabbit hole of poor me, um, that I chose to like focus you know, like turn pivot as everyone is saying pivot, um, and, you know, try to develop a new school, uh, a new skill that I could hopefully take on with me in the future. And I mean, it worked out for me because now I'm training, um, all of Lanza, how to all the educators, how to do this. And, uh, we had an initial training and now we have three follow-up trainings. So that's really cool. And then I just did the same training with the Sweden team, the Lonza Sweden team. And then I think we're setting up me training the, um, the South Africa team. So, I mean, it's, I like it. It's pretty cool that I'm oh, glad that cool. I like chose to that do is, that. Yeah. And that's really yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And just try to like focus on my kids, honestly, too. Like <laughs> I have kids, so sometimes they take the back seat and, School was a transition for us, but they're thriving now. And I mean, they love that I'm home. My husband loves that I'm home, um, not traveling every weekend. So just trying to embrace it. It, it wasn't, I'm not going to lie. It wasn't easy to go from traveling every weekend, to, you know, or almost every weekend to like all of a sudden my role completely shifted of being like this working mom, having my own career to now all of a sudden being a full-time mom, a full-time chef, um, a full-time house cleaner. That was like rough at the beginning, you know? So we kind of had to find our way, but we did. So it sounds like Lonzo's keeping you busy. Have you been uh, talking with uh, Ergo as well as like kind of like the future, the planning of the future? Yes. So that was really cool too, um, what happened there. So... <laughs> I happened to, again, like pivot, I kind of, I was looking at Ergo's social media, and I am like, I'm not going to claim like, I am not like Olivia, like Olivia is amazing on social media. Um, so I am not by any means like that great. But I do have a general knowledge of social media and what people are looking for. So I ended up taking on the social media role for Ergo. And so now I do that. I try to put out, you know, five to eight posts or five to eight posts, five to seven posts a week. Um, and just helping us with social media. And as time's going on, I'm starting to take on a little bit more and more. And you haven't met Brock yet, but Brock is my coworker. So it's like Robert and Brock are like, you know, they work hand in hand. Robert obviously owns the company, but Brock is just like, you would love Brock too. And Brock actually has his own podcast too that you should definitely check out. Um, but he is an amazing person as well. You would love Brock. And Brock's really like helped me like integrate into Ergo, even though I can't travel um, and educate right now. And so, yeah, I, I, we're always looking to the future. And I'm, I'm just looking to, and I told Robert this when I came on to Ergo is that I'm one of those rare people that, will actually love your company as much as you do as long as I'm here. Once I'm not into your company as much as you are, it's time for me to move on. 
Um, but I, I just want to do anything I can because I love and respect Robert. I've actually known Robert my whole career since the very first salon I assisted at. So yeah, I just, I love working with them. It's so funny because I'm like one of the first girls to be not on the team, but in the office. So we're, Ergo's located here in Santa Clarita. So I kind of like walked in that office and it was like such a, um, what a bachelor pad. That's <laughs> description. I'm like, okay, we need to put like a little feminine touch on this office. And our warehouse is attached and our warehouse guy is Ron and he's amazing too, but it's all boys. So I go in there and like, I rearrange, I repaint um, this office downstairs. The main offices are upstairs and I'm like, okay, Ron, I want to build these desks and Ron's building desks for me and I'm buying plants and we're trying to like, you know, not that anyone like really comes into the office, but you want to, you know, work in a like, I need a, like a little bit of a girly touch. And so, yeah, I, I just come in there and just, just it's like, it's put my face, feminine right? touch all over that office and yeah it's not but like it's still the boys space but it, it's fun to like I think they enjoy me bringing it mixing it up but I don't go into the office every day I, I try to make it in on Tuesdays it's taco Tuesday so I show up for that for shower right? no, no but like with the kids being home for school and stuff like they're only 12 and 8 which I do leave them here sometimes but I try to go into the office on Tuesdays but I I'm essentially working for Lanza and Ergo on Monday, Tuesday, and Fridays. And then I'm behind the chair for 12 hours on Wednesdays and Thursdays now. And um, I take off the weekends for my family now. So I don't work Saturdays and Sundays, which was like a huge adjustment. But at being a hairdresser, because I've always worked Saturdays. And so, yeah, that's been interesting steam but I like it it's weird to have like two days off with my family but honestly not working Saturdays behind the chair has been the best thing I did for me in 2020. Hmm. Yeah, I've been thinking I've always been thinking about hmm, don't take up another day during the week and take off Saturday. Well, your brother did that right? Yeah he's been doing it for years. Hey hey co hey coach uh, co coach Sarah Tony needs some coaching um what do you think of the uh of, of Ergo's hot racing? Oh Okay, so I will say, sorry, Robert, I wish it was cordless. <laughs> but um, to be honest, I don't cut much with a hot razor, but I actually love it. I don't cut much with a hot razor because I do a lot of dry haircutting, right? So I'll cut a lot of length wet, but to be honest, I create a lot of my shapes and everything dry. For me, um, it's just visually easier for me to see when the hair is dry. So that's probably why I never got into much razor cutting because you're supposed to like razor cut on wet hair, which maybe I just wasn't properly taught. So I do like that you can use the hot razor on dry hair. Um, and to be honest, like when we were in quarantine and stuff, I was cutting my own hair and that hot razor saved my life. Um, but yeah. It's definitely a different hair, concept, way. right? Thank yeah. you. Thank you. It's re really long right now, but yeah. Even, different, even when we were at the California Digital Summit, uh, I've always, I, I thought you had great hair. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Cause I, when I first started playing with the hot razor, you know, I was like, okay, uh, I, I'm trying to treat it like a regular razor, but on dry hair. 
and you know mm-hmm. it, it melts through the hair pretty good. But I tell you what, you know how like you clean up like the neck hairs and stuff. You can't do that. You can't oh, put it on the skin. No, you have. Oh, no. But you just turn it off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you learn those things, yeah. but in the beginning, you know, because I, I didn't realize how hot it really got. You know, so I'm like, oh yeah, it's hot. Oh, that, that's hot. <laughs> you know, burning people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you burned yourself first. I did. I burned, yeah, <laughs> I was, you know, like playing with the hair on your hands, like trying to like see how easy it removes. I'm like, that's hot. Burning my fingers off. Oh yeah, cool. yeah, like, it burns the skin. The hair. Yeah, it does. I uh-huh. love that. I I love that. The, I love that. There's that technology out there. So the cool thing about these blades, because I, I actually do recommend switching the blade every haircut, which I don't, I don't know if you do that with a regular haircut as well. But the cool thing is these blades are two in one. So like you use it for one haircut and then at the end of the blade is this little notch and on like the pack of the blades, I wish I had it, but I don't you push um, the blade down and then it exposes a, a fresh part of the blade. So you get two haircuts in one blade. Um, but yeah, they're like, you know, the blades with the guard on it. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of want to play with it myself yeah. and I don't even cut hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's different. Wanna, it's a different concept. Yeah, you'll have to get used to it. Sarah, have you used it like for extensions and stuff? Do you do extensions? I hate extensions. I, would think I refuse to do them and I don't do Brazilian blowouts. Yeah. <clears throat> I think it would work really well for extensions. Yeah, because, you know, a lot of times, you know, with extensions, you do dry hair cutting. And a lot of times, it, I mean, you can't yeah. put a, a blunt line into it or anything like that. You can't really, yeah. I mean, razors makes it look really kind of wispy and you lose the, the hot razor, I think would be perfect on that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for being a type A personality, you would think I would love extensions, but I don't know. For some reason, I don't have the patience for them. But I love, like, I'll put a thousand foils in the hair. But. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. I'm kind of the same. I I'm think, actually, yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, now we're fighting for who goes like, who goes first. I'll go. I'll go. I, I love nicer because she's on second. Go first. I know. Well, I know, right? <laughs> I was giving up my hosting duties, and you know. She, she stopped. She outhosted. Um, yeah, she outhosted me exactly. I love like I love like kind of the evolution of of, of extensions. Like I love those like those like weft like sewing extensions that that we're seeing, yeah. and, and they look and they feel so incredible. Um, I, I'm I'm a hundred percent over like tape in. Like I just mm-hmm. I, they they look awesome when you first put them in, but like within a week, you know, they you start to see them and they're growing out and. You know, it looks like there's stuff in your I th- hair. Yeah. I think that's why, like, I sometimes I don't like them is because the clients don't end up taking care of them. And then they come back and they're damaging their hair. Um, and then also, too, like, I'm in the suburbs, so no one ever wanted to pay the price that makes it worth your time um, to mm-hmm. do them for some reason in the suburb, but they'll go down to, like, Orange County in L.A. and pay $1,000. Like, it. I mean, the psychology is like really weird, but that's probably another reason. I actually, I, I, I do one set of an extensions and it's on my stepdaughter. I have a 26 year old stepdaughter actually. 
and it's these gluons and it's this system by this woman actually that lives in my valley and that's why I do it because it honestly does not it's glue it's this like special glue that she's developed and a and a special remover and it is literally like the easiest so it's weft so I do three tracks and I just you know buy nice hair and then I just do three tracks and it's glued in and you sandwich using her hair and that's the only extensions I do <laughs> but she pre my daughter appreciates it <laughs> better yeah. all that all that work that's awesome Sarah Sarah thank you yeah. so much for hanging out with us man we just we're just such big uh big fans of you I don't, I don't even want to say fans you know because it, 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 we just like you friends. a lot and, and we appreciate that yeah. friends exactly yeah. And, uh, and and I'm glad we finally got to do this. Is you know we talked a lot over the last couple of years, and, and it's just really cool that that you know we actually got to record one of our conversations. And you know I, and I know that we all love this industry so much, and and, and and it's just nice to have that conversation about how much we uh, we love the, the hairdresser in the industry. And yeah, I can't wait for you to put whatever curriculum you're going to put together to help better this industry and the people in the industry. So I can't wait to have that conversation when that's done. But, uh, so how can everybody find you, follow you, uh, keep track of what you're up to? Um, so you can find me on Instagram at Sarah with an H, M-A-C original, Sarah Mac original. Right. And, and yeah, I'm on Facebook too, name. Sarah Mac. Sarah Mac. So do you actually want to know what my legal, what my legal name is? Yeah, 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 go on. So Mac is not my legal name. I just go by Sarah Mac because when I grew up playing softball, um, there was always like at least three Sarahs. So on my national team that I was telling you about when I was 10, there was Deckers, Mac, and Dean. Um, my, my maiden name is Macintosh, but then when I got married, I didn't want to leave, um, lose Macintosh. I don't know. It's, I love it. And so, and I don't, sorry, babe, but I hate my husband's last name. <laughs> I don't hate it, but I don't love it. It's Duesenberry. So I hyphenated it. So my legal last name is Sarah McIntosh hyphen Duesenberry. Um, so yeah, when I started getting into social media and, you know, education, I was like, all right, let's go back to my roots. <laughs> Sarah yeah, Mack it yeah, is. That is quite the mouthful. Right, and then, yeah, because you had yeah. to write that whole thing out. I was like, oh, man, you know what I mean? I had to hit yeah. the thing, otherwise, yeah. we're not gonna find it again. I know, I know. My oh, yeah, and TSA, really yeah, TSA you know, is always like, TSA is always like, how do you say that? Because at first, when they did my driver's license, they didn't put a hyphen in between, so it was just Macintosh Duesenberry. Oh and so, God. you know how much we travel, uh huh. TSA, I was like, oh, here comes the comment, but whatever, as long as they're not stopping me. It's German. But I just want to thank you guys so much for, I mean, not only just having me, but for like doing this for our industry. I mean, your podcast is my favorite industry podcast. So I'm just, I like, I knew when I met you guys that it, yeah, again, it goes back to that vibe, right? Like, oh man, I just loved you from the moment I met you guys. And so I just want to say thank you so much for having me and doing this. And yeah, thanks. Okay. I can't wait to catch up with you in maybe, maybe Jan one, you know, yeah. I got 13 week program. 
it ends in, I think like November or something like that, or maybe early December, but yeah, hopefully we bigger things are coming. We definitely plan on being at ICE as well. So um, if that happens, you know, at the beginning of March, I think is when it's scheduled for, you know, we, we well, we'll have to hang out and, and, and we'll go find another yeah, large yeah. table and invite all of our friends to as well. You know, yeah. That's so cool. I'll yeah. be there. I know you will. That's so cool. And, and bring Robert because we want to get him a hug. Oh my gosh, I want to meet Robert. Oh yeah. Um, Reed from Art Ergo. That's so crazy. Yeah. He's, he's an amazing man. He's you guys amazing. have an amazing day. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for hanging out with us. And thank you very, very much for joining us on your day Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find, actually you can, you can find their music on, um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease. Peace and hair grease.